Please listen carefully. My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Process Driven. In 2007, Tom Hoops was working as a web designer in Thailand. But after borrowing a friend's camera one afternoon, a new creative passion emerged. And since then, Tom has been refining a style and building a body of work that is both instantly recognizable and uniquely his own. I got the chance to sit down with Tom to talk about how his work has evolved, as well as the importance of shooting what you love and why he wants his photography to be like a black polo neck. Here we go. I'd like to start at, at kind of the beginning uh, of your photographic career, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, t- l- l- let's go back six years or so. Right. What What were you doing before and what inspired you to pick up a camera? Um, I sort of a mistake, I suppose. Um, I started as a... I sort of started my career as a doing design for a long time. And then um, I then kind of got a different job and worked for a client and I ended up doing all sorts of boring stuff that I didn't really enjoy very much. Um, what type of design? Was it print or web? Web stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I designed my website and things like that. So still do bits and bobs, which is quite simple. Um, <clears throat> I do bits and bobs for myself, that is. Uh, I... Um, yeah, I, I picked up a camera because I didn't know what to do. I had nothing to do. And originally I thought, well, I'll pick up a camera and take pictures of people in the street and then maybe paint them. So that, that's how I got into it. Mm-hmm. And the idea was I'd just sort of find interesting people, take a snapshot, and then I can paint them. So I borrowed a friend's camera, which is a Fuji, don't remember, a Fuji SLR. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, went out on the streets, took a few photos, and then brought them home, put them into Photoshop, and uh, it went from there, really. And I've, I've never done that painting. With, with the intent to paint them, uh, were, you, were you trained in, in painting? No, or you, did you... I'd give it a go. I mean, I've always sort of... I, I can draw. I always used to be able to draw when I was younger, and I used to draw draw faces and with pencil and stuff. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. So I'd always like to try painting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I never got around to it because photography sort of flew from there, really. You took to it straight away then? Yeah. Yeah, I fell in love with it. It was great. Um, I don't know what it was, but, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind, a bit of a tornado at the time. So I just, I just went out every day, almost every day, just anywhere I could go, find anyone I could, and just take shots of people in the street. Normally portrait stuff. Did you, did you have at that point the intent of being a professional photographer, or were you just so in love with this, this new process that you just kind of immersed yourself in it? Um, it was never a really a conscious decision to 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 do this full time and to, well I guess there was but six months later maybe so it was six months I was just so into it I was just whatever just take photos take photos take photos and uh, yeah just fell in love with it completely and were you showing your photos around at that point or were these were these strictly for you 
more for me, and then I and then I started showing some people, and I showed some people. I I, I had a little Flickr site at the time, put some stuff up on Flickr, and and uh, you know people kind of liked it, and it, and uh, I put more and more stuff up there, and and I kind of felt like at the time, then I was I guess I was transitioning and and getting to a point where I was thinking, you know what, this is it, you know, and I think it's kind of it's quite a moment when you kind of go, you know what, this, I think this is what I should be doing. I'm doing something you enjoy, but it not being the thing you should be doing. But I, when I got photography, I was like, ah, ah, this is what I should be. Yeah, yeah. This is what I should have been doing years ago. <laughs> but I came to so, photography kind of uh, became much more satisfying than the design very quickly. It sounds like. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so instant as well. And I don't think I was ever the greatest designer. But, and, and for me, design is more you sort of really come up with something from scratch. With the camera, you find something. And then, mm-hmm. then obviously, you put your own interpretation on that subject. So that subject you... is already ready-made. You just have to find it and capture it in your own way. Right, right. Did you gravitate to faces and... and people straight away before you know architecture or street photography or anything like that was it faces from the beginning yeah but street faces so i guess street portraiture mm-hmm. um so i would shoot just random people in the street and, and definitely it would be more 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 close-ups than than sort of further away or environmental portraiture so you were asking permission? I mean, you, you would walk up to strangers, ask, may I shoot your portrait? Yeah, normally. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, occasionally I would take pictures of people they wouldn't know as well. I mean, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I, I, did some, I did some more sort of photojournalistic stuff as well. I played around with it. Um, but, but I think I kind of knew quickly I was much more comfortable doing portrait stuff. Did uh, did black and white come from the beginning? Did you play with color? You're, you're bla- it's fin- it's funny now that you mention drawing. Your uh, your much of your black and white work has this sort of graphite quality to it mm. in the way it's it's processed. And I wonder is that intentional, um, or did you just sort of happen upon uh, a look that you like? Because I know you've you've said in the past that your style if there is a style is kind of hard to define. I think it changes or I think it has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in the, in the sort of six years I've been, I've, I've been shooting a lot. I think my style has changed a bit. Um, and the black and white, the toning has changed a bit. I think the, to start with my black and whites tended to be like very white and very black. Mm-hmm. And they're probably less so now. There's a little bit more of a tonal range, I suppose. I don't. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Even even your color work is not your color work is not typical color. Uh huh. There there's still a, a, a moodiness to it. And I was I was actually looking at uh, there are two photos at the end of of your recent work shot in the same hotel room or or bedroom wherever it is. Is it, is it a hotel? The two with the girl? Yeah, it's a hotel room. Yeah. Okay. So same room, but very different color grading. Yeah. 
and very different feel overall from from the two images. And I find that interesting that you would put them together together like that. Yeah. Well, I guess well they are two separate images. Although I shot them on the, at the same time, they weren't really for an editorial or, or anything else. So um, I, this was a personal piece. No, this was shot for a model agency. So there were a couple mm-hmm. of models. So I just did some stuff for their book. Um, and uh, so yeah, you can kind of treat the images differently. You don't have to kind of put them together so they're exactly the same. I guess it is a bit weird putting them together, but you know my. Parts of my website are weird anyway, so I guess people don't find it too strange. No, I don't think it's weird. Uh, I find it interesting that just that just making subtle color changes can have such a dramatic effect on on how how you react to the image. Right. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's um, that was me just experiment. I use these kind of little sessions if I'm doing anything for like model agency or whatever, just to experiment with some different stuff. So I wanted to try lighting stuff slightly differently and we we set up lights differently than we normally would and and we used one continuous light and then we used a model lamp and we did it all we just we just we just sort of tried different stuff so i think um quite possibly the actual light was different on the two different girls as well i don't remember Mm -hmm. um so that might have affected the way we we edited the grade as well but you're right the color can can give it a different feel for sure do you approach lighting differently when you know something or, or have an idea that it's going to be black and white as the final product versus color? Sometimes, yeah. Um, just bearing in mind. It depends as well. I mean, I, I normally when I'm shooting, I kind of know what I want to do with the image. So I know that I'm going to keep it color. I know I'm going to give it keep it black and white. Um, of course, you're shooting film, then you know it's going to be black and white sometimes but um, mm-hmm. yeah generally when, but I try and keep my lighting sort of consistent um, but I always know that there will be some changes because sometimes I shoot just available light and then obviously it can look quite different as well but I don't like anything that looks I don't really like anything that looks too commercial I don't like mm-hmm. anything that looks like it's got 12 lights on it and, right you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Do you have a preference of, of strobes versus constant lights? You mentioned using constants on this hotel shoot. I really love using uh, uh, HMI lights, which we didn't use on this one. We used a smaller, I think it was LED bank of lights. Um, but uh, I like using HMI, but I don't actually have any, so we have to rent those if we use them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super expensive, but they're really nice. They're really nice, and it's almost like having it's almost like having the sun in your hands. You know, it just mm. produces a really beautiful light. Highly recommend it. You should give it a go. Try it. Get free. Get out there. <laughs> Get, go rent yourself some HMI lights. Go rent yourself two giant HMI lights. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be sitting there on an empty set, wondering what to do with them. Just go and grab a random person from the street and shoot them. Yeah. That's what I do sometimes. It's great. Try it. <laughs> well, you live in a very interesting place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. It is an interesting place. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of lucky to be where I am. It's good. It has its, it has its pitfalls. Um, the light isn't particularly nice, I don't think. Really? Yeah. No, I don't think so. 
Uh, favorite light for me, I think, is LA, California. Stunning. Heard of it? Yeah, yeah I thought you might have done. <laughs> just, just south of Vegas, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. The light there is stunning. Like, just go out in the afternoon. No need for lights. It's brilliant. Um, but here, uh, Bangkok can be flat. Can be quite flat. It's like a big soft box. Sometimes it can be quite flat. The light. It's not as mm-hmm. nice as people think it might be. There's a cinematic quality to your work, and we we kind of talked a little bit about it offline. That's that's not. You said it's not really derived from cinema per se, but but it is a very cinematic quality. These characters and the way that they're captured, the way that you photograph people, is is at least indirectly inspired, or it seems to be indirectly inspired by film. Uh, yeah, I would I would say so. Like as I said to you, I think. Uh, Nothing really specific, but I do like kind of cinematic look and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do try and, and push it in that direction. It's something I want to sort of push even further. I still feel like, you know, the way I like stuff is not all that cinematic. Maybe I think I can improve on that. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm definitely, uh, I definitely really like the strong black and white filmy look but mm-hmm. color as well i mean the nice old filmy color is really nice as well rather than the kind of new sparkly stuff yeah it's it's nice to see things go to black you know it's it's nice to see figures sort of peering out of shadow right yeah well not uh, everything has to be uh, not everything has to be bright and Barclay, I don't think. Well, for me, certainly not. I don't really find anything that's too commercial-looking and all that appealing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, although it has its place, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, for me personally, I prefer it to look a little bit raw, maybe. A little bit more, uh, what's the word? haphazard maybe less mm-hmm. less thought about more more captured on the fly maybe okay and do clients seem to resonate to this i mean is this is this something that is this one of the qualities that you're becoming or have become known for i don't know i'm not i i think generally i think well from talking to people i think i'm known for sort of strong portraits i suppose Mm-hmm. Um, whether clients really like that, probably not. I think most clients tend to tend to like stuff that looks a little bit cleaner. To, to I think most certainly advertising, everything is clean and clean and polished, and it's very slick, isn't it? Very slick, yeah. But I I, I do think that very slowly we're we're. We're moving away from it. I think the, I think there's more of an appreciation now for stuff that's not super sharp, for stuff mm-hmm. that's not super polished. Um, and I, I think over the next few years, even the fashion world will get. A, it, it's beginning to get a little bit more analog, a bit more arty, which is nice. What do you think is driving that change? I mean, it's it's because it's it's kind of an aesthetic shift overall. Um, is it is it this sort of maybe maybe people are tired of over retouched 
mm-hmm. images uh, of, of things that just look too perfect to be real. I mean, I still think, I mean, if you look at the market, I would say probably that the market is still 80%, 90% in that bracket in terms of they still want really super polished stuff. But I do seem, I do have a feeling that it's shifting slowly. Where do you see it shifting from? Are there, is there a particular sort of strata of client that, is it fashion that's kind of driving it? Um, yeah, certainly in fashion, you see a lot more, you see a lot more sort of gritty black and white stuff now. And certainly more than you did two, three, four years ago. Um, I think uh, I think that's driving it. The advertising stuff, though, is still really super cl- super clean and slick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's different types of photography in that, I guess. Um, whether that will change or not, I don't know. I have no idea. It's ironic to me that that <laughs> this sort of black and white film look is on the rise as actual black and white films being discontinued. <laughs> yeah, but I've got a theory. I think that actually it will start to go up again. I think demand will start to increase because I think all of those people who started in digital who are now maybe applying presets or whatever that look like film Mm -hmm. are going to go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to pick up a a film camera. And just shoot film instead of trying to make it look like film. Yeah. Yeah. Or do both, you know. But I do think, uh, yeah, you look at Instagram or... or, um, or some of or some of the other iPhone apps. Then you know, a lot, it's all how to make your stuff look a bit more like film. Right, right. So there's definitely people prefer it. Do you find one more difficult or even more satisfying than the other, film or digital? Uh, uh I, yeah, maybe film is more satisfying. I think just because the process of of shooting film is, is more involved. So when you get something that's really nice, it just feels, just feels nice, just feels really good. And it has a different look to it. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. It's not just the grain. There's, there's something about the way that black to white transitions in film just looks different from digital to me. Is it off-putting to have clients on set for you? Or do you, do you mind? I, I, I don't mind, but I generally don't like to be tethered up to to a computer. More often than not, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Only if someone's really insistent. I think that whole story about, you know, the more people get involved in the process, I think it gets a little bit weaker. Right. So I think it's much nicer if you just kind of let me get on with it. It's a it's an interesting contrast, isn't it? Coming from a design background, which is generally sort of committee based, right? To to photography, which is, uh, I think, arguably the best work comes between just you and the subject without I anyone else. Absolutely agree. And my favorite photography is is myself and subjects and nobody else there. No makeup artist, no stylist, no clients. No assistant, even if possible. Just hmm. some of the some of the shoots I've enjoyed the most, literally, when I've taken someone and just walked around and just literally looked for light, just looked for nice pockets of light to shoot. I haven't even taken lights with me. Just looked for decent natural light and uh, taken one camera and one lens. 
is is it a hard sell when a when you're when you go to a client and say, hey, look, I just I, I need this to be pared down a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I would hope most of the people I work with kind of want to work with me because they like my work. So if they like my work, then obviously they trust, they trust what I want to do. So it shouldn't really be a massive problem. I think it could, could be a problem when you've got, you know, bigger budgets and people expect there to be a lot more there. I think, you know, I think if you look at some of the budgets, some of the advertising work in, in, New York, London, or wherever, I think the clients are going to freak if the guy turns up with just, you know, just himself and a flash. Right. Walks in with out. just a camera and a 50, no, no camera bag. Even. Yeah, that's right. just <laughs> where, where are we going to go? Yeah, just my 50. And I don't know where we're going to go. We'll just walk around. I think, I think this is the thing. I mean, the budget's so big. You need to, you need to plan a lot more than that. You can't just go, well, we'll just wing it and see what happens. You can't. Right, you, you've right. got, you've got to, You've got to sit down and, and, and at least have a at least have a very strong plan about what you're going to do. It just depends. I mean, sometimes you can go out and shoot. There's no client. It's great. You just go out and do whatever, and I think you get some really really beautiful stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you've got more options. Something might change. Let's try this. Let's try that. And that always happens anyway when you when you're anywhere. It's oh, let's try this. Let's try that. Do you remember your first your first gig? Uh, first gig, yeah. Well, first gig was um, first gig was shooting a, a was shooting a um, conductor, almost a composer, a conductor, a philharmonic conductor. So that was good. I didn't, really didn't know what I was doing in terms of, sort of commercially or or how to price a job or anything else. So it was mm-hmm. no assistant and no gear. And, um, I, yeah, I was really new to it, but we got some great photos. And, um, at the end of the day, that's, that, that was what he wanted. But, um, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit nerve wracking. The first one. How did you get it? Uh, contacted me I, I think by this point i'd put together my own website so someone had found my website and just mm-hmm. oh you've got really nice strong portraits i want to i want to do something similar yeah it's it's funny the you mentioned not knowing how to price and not knowing what to charge and it, that business side of photography seems to be a, almost a steeper learning curve than actually making images yeah i there's probably a lot less information out there for, for people to try and try and find this out. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, if you look online there's and you want to find out how to light a portrait. I, oh yeah. There's a, a, a thousand resources. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but what to charge for that portrait? Hey, I want to charge Jeffrey to do a, uh, <laughs> to do a portrait. No one's going to tell you. Yeah. So I think you have to find, I, I know there are all sorts of different formulas, you can work out, okay, what's my cost of doing business, blah, 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 blah. But I think really you just have to you just have to work out, okay, what am I happy with? You know, what am I happy with for this? Mm-hmm. What what do I think it's worth? Yeah. Yeah. And you want to go into a job happy with what you're charging and and happy with what you're doing. So I think uh, yeah, as long as you're happy with it, it's okay. And the client's happy with it. I mean, we all cock things up. It's 
you know, I've overpriced jobs, underpriced jobs. I think it happens, doesn't it? For everyone. Now, when you, when you were first shooting, were, were you still in London at the time or where were you? No, I was in, I was in Asia. So I, okay, you started in Asia. Yeah, I started in Asia. So I was doing a lot of street portrait stuff in and around Asia, Bangkok, wherever. Um, so, yeah, not, not so much in the UK, really. Was it a conscious choice? I mean, did, did, you, did you go to Asia before you started shooting or once you started shooting, was that the place you thought you needed to be? No, I was here already. Uh, so I was in Asia already. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just happened to be here when I, when I first picked up a camera. So, um, and it's a great backdrop. So it's, I was kind of lucky, really. I suppose it, is a, it is a great place to shoot, especially if you want to do street photography. You've talked a little bit about the markets when when we were talking um, last week. The UK versus versus Bangkok uh, or, or Asia in general are different. Do you think being in that market helped you get noticed more so than being in in the UK would have, or do you think it it, it, it didn't matter? Uh, I don't think it matters really. I mean, I I think I've been noticed because. Of my online presence it's, you can see my stuff here there and everywhere i guess uh, right uh, so i think that helped a lot um i mean interestingly enough i think if you try and google photographer in in asia you won't find me anywhere so that kind of thing i'm not very good at but um in terms of being here and it helping me no not really I th- well i guess in a way some of my subjects would be more unusual because they're not walking around the east end of london maybe so right. if you're in you're in america or, or the uk you're seeing a bunch of asian faces predominantly certainly my early stuff mainly asian faces so that might have made it stand out a little bit and of course there was some interesting stuff i, I shot some stuff at some festivals and things like that so it's kind of unusual settings as well mm-hmm. um so people might take notice of that. Well, and the way the way you shoot faces is unique in and of itself. I mean, you're not you're not looking for an obvious, or you don't seem to be looking for an obvious feature. You're looking for maybe those features that that go unnoticed most of the time. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Um, I've I've never studied or never never learned photography through through either a course or or an apprenticeship or anything else. So I've probably just gone into it completely blind and kind of worked out how to do things on my own. So develop ways of doing portraiture which may well be incorrect but work well for me. Right, right. Um and you, Has the design background helped? I mean, I a lot of your so. portraits are very graphic in nature, yeah, right? I think so. And also, I think in terms of composing an image or, or composition in general, I think you learn a lot of that through design. And mm-hmm. then that, that obviously will, will then sort of uh, go into your photography as well, one would hope. Um, other things, well... well uh, what else could I say about the portrait stuff? I think I'm always looking for something different. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want something standard. I don't. I do want something that someone's going to look at, hopefully, and and probably ponder or think about or come back to. Are interesting faces stronger than beautiful faces? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think an interesting face, well, certainly for me, is a lot more interesting than a beautiful face. I mean, you you can have the two together, but they can be quite separate as well. I think the eyes uh, are the most important. I might sound like a bit like a cliche, but the eyes tell you a story, tell you something. And if you have something interesting in the eyes, then I think you've got a good portrait. So that's where it all begins for you. I think so, yeah. And then if you can get an angle and then a nice composition, everything goes with it and you can light it while you get all those things working together, then you're going to get a nice portrait. But if you can get something, if you can look at the picture and you can look at someone's eyes and have a feeling that there's something there, you might not know what it is. You might not know if it's anger or passion or arrogance or whatever but there is something there then you're going to connect to it on just on a human level you're just going to connect you're going to connect to that person when you when you're shooting portraits do you spend uh a fair bit of time beforehand if you if you're allowed kind of getting to know that person or do you like going in cold and and how do you approach them (sighs) it depends on the person i think um, if I have time, I'd like to spend more time with people. I've, I've had people that I've shot, um, that I've shot and then I've, you know, I've had them around for dinner the night before and, you know, just sit down and have a nice chat. I mean, it, it depends. If I get the feeling somebody might be a little bit awkward or nervous or, or whatever, then I will take the time to, to get to know them a bit more. It's something I like to do, but it's not always possible. Sometimes you have two minutes and that's it. Or sometimes you might just meet someone in the street, you know, or, or just capture someone in the street and then you have no time at all. But there's something interesting about that person. And it, it is still possible to connect, though, even, even if you have a few seconds, yes? I mean, your, your, your street photos really seem to confirm that, that they're, they're not random. They're not, I don't know, they're, they're still intentional despite only having a few moments with each person. Some of the street stuff that people are not always aware that I've shot them. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. they are, sometimes they're not. Depends which one. Um, but I do think you can connect with someone really quickly, and even someone that doesn't speak the same language. You know, you can be in the street. You've obviously got your camera. It's pretty obvious what you want to do. Smile, friendly face, and people will generally warm up and go, "Okay." And you know, I don't. I think most people are okay to have their photo taken if you ask. Do you still do a lot of personal work? Not as much as I'd like to. Um, although this year I'm, I'm trying to push that again. I, I, last year I didn't do quite so much. This year I want to do a lot more personal work. And, and certainly towards the end of this year, I plan on doing a lot more. Um, I think it's important to do personal work because if you're just doing commercial work or, or whatever, it can get a bit stale, I suppose. So it's good to keep pushing personal stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, I'll even will it try and do some personal stuff, you know, um, on the odd day off. You'll just grab a camera and go. Yep. Grab a camera and off you go. 
there's a tonal difference uh, between some of your early work and some of the recent work that's up on your site. A lot of things on in the recent area are against white or lighter backgrounds versus the darker backgrounds of some of your early work. Is that conscious? I think no. It's, I think it's just more to do with the fact that a lot of my my sort of personal stuff tends to be a lot darker. A lot of the commercial stuff tends to be a bit brighter, just because clients don't want all really dark stuff. And um, you know, I am balancing life between trying to do sort of more fine arty type portrait stuff, but also have clients who want stuff that is a bit more commercial so yeah that's why and i think you know as i've got more popular i've had less time to do personal stuff so kind of a blessing though isn't it well god yeah i don't i can't complain um yeah no it's fantastic but i think the key is to to really get to that point where you you just earn shitloads of money from your personal stuff that'd be brilliant <laughs> you've got no clients that'd be great um, yeah yeah but you know you have to earn a living so um i do try and keep my stuff true to to what it is but i did go through a period i think where i tried to make my work more commercial um but now how so well just polish my work a bit more just have it a little bit more polished a bit less dark and threatening maybe um but now i'm thinking you know what no i just want to just you know you just got to do your own thing um so i'm Mm -hmm. always conscious about what i'm putting out there when you're when you're trying to be polished as you said was were you were you less happy with the work yeah even if even if clients were happy with it did you find it less satisfying yes and and not just that, I think, uh, you know, as I'm, I'm trying to learn new techniques and new, learn new ways to lighting, so there's going to be, there's going to be some trial and error in there as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of get it not quite the way you want it because you're trying new techniques and you're trying to light it differently or, or whatever. I mean, that seems to be, that sort of drama and intensity is, is, core to your work yeah or it seems to be yeah i mean that's i had this theory well not a theory really but well i guess it is a theory but i think you should shoot what you want to put on your wall so Hmm. okay i you know that's what i would want on my wall i want dramatic dark powerful photos Mm -hmm. that's what i'd like on my wall so that's what I want to shoot. That's what I should be shooting. What I should be shooting is what I would like to have up on my wall because that really is true to what I like. And so I think that would make, that should make my work stronger. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. It's, I, I think it's great. And it, it seems that you have found a client base that are also very happy with that. So it's, it's, it's best of both worlds. You're shooting the things that make you happy, but you're also shooting these things that are, that are satisfying a growing number of clients. Yeah. Maybe that's to do with, I think more, I think more clients now are, are looking for 
something other than just a very clean, polished, sparkly, colourful image. Mm -hmm. More clients now, more companies now, more advertisers now are realising that one strong, powerful image can can make people come back. Well, well, people will remember it. I think it's really difficult now because image is just, you know, so many photos. You see, we see so many photos. We see thousands and thousands and thousands of photos. Most of them are not worth remembering. Most of them you don't remember. Right. You know? I'm sure if I put on on one of these sharing sites, I won't remember the photos. I won't remember them. I wouldn't, I think if I saw, if I went to Flickr Explore or whatever today and looked at that page, I think if I went, if I saw that Zach, I saw four of those photos in a year's time, I wouldn't remember they were the same picture. Right. Do you know what I mean? Is that, is that memorability? Is that what, I mean, are you, are you conscious that you're trying to create that? Are you trying to create yeah. uh, fine art images, even in the commercial work? I would like to. So that there's no separation, that, that this could be equally an advertising image or uh, a, a fine art photo that somebody would buy and hang on their wall. In an ideal world. But I mean, mm-hmm. I'm realistic and know that there aren't many clients out there like that. I, I think commercially, when you look commercially, I think, I think you have so many people going to the process of making a, an advertising image, but generally it can be quite weak. You don't want to be the photographer that blows the campaign. <laughs> no, it's not me so much. It's actually, I think it's the, it's the art buyers that, that bring you in on it. So you need, you need to have, you need to have clients who, not not necessarily brave, but are looking for for something that ha- it, something a bit more than a glossy, pretty image. Mm-hmm. And you know, all of the I'm sure all the market research tells you that if you want to sell a packet of crisps, then you know a pretty girl with a big white smile is more likely to sell it than some scary looking fella in black and white. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And that, and yeah, yeah, yeah. True, most products. So you really have to just kind of, I think, and this is true for most photographers, you probably just have to kind of target, target your, your art buyers, whether it's editorial or commercial, you have to kind of mm-hmm. go, well, who would be interested in my work? Clearly, have you some, you know, Clearly, I know my work's not really suitable for some clients, yet for some clients, I think it can work quite well. Well, you've, you've touched on it a couple of times that photography is so subjective. Yeah, absolutely. And some people will look at my work and go, oh, it does look, it looks a bit like HDR, some of it, or it looks, it looks over-processed. And I'm aware. Yeah. Or I, I, I wish he would have opened up the shadows here, or I wish he would have done this, or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for every one of those people, there's also going to be someone, hopefully, that goes, wow, this is exactly what we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you, I mean, I take, I drown out the shadows, as you probably notice for a lot of stuff. And that's, that's often because a lot of the stuff that's, that's there is not needed. It's not necessary. It's not, it doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't give you any information that improves the photo. 
doesn't give you any information that sheds any light on the person that you're looking at. So it just becomes a distraction. It's just a distraction. It doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. But it's not, it's not just a question of, oh, it's more powerful because it's black and white and it's all black. It's just, why, why, why does it need to be there? What is the point of it? If the bottom fell out tomorrow, yeah. And and somehow, you know, it was it was communicated to you that you know, Tom, th- this dark, moody business not going to fly. Yeah. What do you do? Carry on. Do you do you change your style or do you do you do something else? If you weren't doing no. this type of work, what would you do? Well, no, I wouldn't change my style. I think I think I've learned and I. I think if you if you don't do what what is particular uh, what's the word if you don't do what is essentially you in terms of what is your creative vision then what you're going to produce is going to be a bit weak mm-hmm. I think it'll just come off as a knockoff yeah and, yeah and I'm firmly of the opinion that I think you've got to do your own thing and then you just then need to find people who would like your work mm-hmm. um, or use your work or hire you or, or whatever else. But I think you've got to do your own thing. And I think I've tried to, to kind of lighten up my work or, or whatever at times. And I think then the work is not quite so strong. It gets a bit weaker. So I, I, I think, so I think if somebody said to me, well, you know, your style's not going to fly. It's not going to go anywhere. Then I will just do it anyway and hope that someone enjoys it in mm-hmm. 300 years or whenever it comes back. In fact. Yeah, yeah, when it comes back around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, when, you, when you're starting with you know, six years ago, yeah. when, you, when you pick up a camera, do you go through the, uh, I'm going to shoot like Avedon or I'm going to shoot like Irving Penn or I'm going to shoot to try and find your style or, or no. to find you know, how you shoot? No. You know what I did? I mean, when I first picked up a camera, I didn't really know how it worked. I just shot it. And it was a while before I, I kind of figured out what aperture meant and shutters mm-hmm. and things like that. And, I, and I'm not a particularly technical person. I don't find technical art photography all that interesting. I do understand it all now, but I, I don't. Do, do clients like that you still shoot on program? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they love it. Okay. And then just to tease them a bit more, I go, look, I'm just going to put it on aperture priority. Because um, <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, no, most of my clients, some, some, you know, some people freak out when they see I've got manual focus lenses. They're like, oh, what's that then? <laughs> Why does that lens move? Yeah. What um, <laughs> yeah. uh, are we talking about? Apart from clients freaking out when they know me. Um, technical, uh, not really being that fascinated with the technical side no, of photography. Not really, not really, not really been into it that much. I think, and also, I had no idea about photographers. I was not when I first started. I didn't have, I didn't have a strong interest in photography. Mm-hmm. I just sort of fell into all of it by mistake. So I think when you, uh, if you know, if you'd asked me when I picked up a camera. 
you, you know, what do you think of Abaddon? I would have been, who's that? I have no idea. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of, I don't know where my style came from. The only thing is I do, and I, I completely forgotten about this, but I just, I, I kind of remembered this sort of a year ago or two years ago. I remember back, but when I was, when I was, when I was a young teenager, I remember my, my bedroom wall was literally covered in black and white portrait photos taken from various different sort of magazines and fashion magazines at the time, like hmm. base and that sort of thing. And I'd completely forgot about this um, until we, I was talking to some friends about, you know, way back when, when we were teenagers. And I remembered it. And I was like, you know what? I think that's maybe deep down got something to do with, with why I, I like portrait shots so much. I obviously liked mm-hmm. it back then. Um, so you were just tearing or cutting clippings out of magazines and yeah, putting them up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I saw a really great portrait, uh, fashion or just a normal portrait, yeah, I was tearing it out and sticking it up on the wall. So my wall was just covered with, um, with portraits. I wonder why then did you, did you, uh, pursue design? at that point rather than photography straight away. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe, well, maybe at the time I did have a camera, but not a particularly good one. I was just never really into photography. I hmm. was into, but you know, when you're a, when you're a sort of 16 year old guy in Dorset, and this is a few years ago, it's a completely different life, you know, in fashion photographers or portrait photographers in London. It doesn't seem like there's a connection between the two, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. My life on the farm is so far removed from that that you don't even think that that might ever in the future be what you end up doing or possibilities. So you don't even think right. about it. Would friends have been surprised or were they surprised if they went like into your room and seeing all these things on the wall? No, I don't think so. It wasn't. I mean, I think most, most teenagers put stuff up on the wall, don't they? Posters and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a weird shrine or anything. (laughs) (laughs) You've got 600 wham pictures up on your wall. (laughs) Yeah. George Michael, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) living in asia uh to to somebody like me who you know has spent all of my life in the u.s there's an amazingly exotic quality to the subject matter that enhances the work right but it's subjective absolutely because if Absolutely. you somebody here, I mean, you'll, you'll know, I, you, I notice in Asia, you look at a lot of the fashion stuff and they try and make it look very European because European is quite exotic. Uh, and, you know, I think, yeah, I think the European face is very exotic for anybody who's here, if, if that right, makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I can see what you mean. I mean, it, it I mean, there, there's a shot that you have of these monks that are, it's beautiful. Oh, that's in Burma, I think. Uh, the black and white one. Myanmar, Burma. Uh, yeah, gorgeous. 
Thank you. Yeah, um, this was. Um, I uh, I went there with a with a small group of uh, photographers. I took a small group of of guys there on a small trip, and uh, we went to um, we went to uh, this monastery, and uh, we spent the morning in the monastery, and it was amazing. Just really, really really beautiful there's some more on my blog i think you can see on my blog some more shots from this monastery um but yeah it was great and the light was really nice they were flooding out of a dark room into the sunlight so you can see the light just kind of catches them across on one side and there was also a, a something above their heads on the left so the lights sort of coming across from the right hand side so the light was a bit more interesting um, was there was there any apprehension to to letting you photograph them at all uh from some of them yeah i'm not maybe not apprehension it was more curiosity Mm -hmm. um i i think uh you know the country has only just opened up so there weren't too many people going in there and shooting until recently um but uh no, everyone was. It was okay. It was fine, and uh, I think it was more curiosity than anything else. But the, but these two in particular, you can. I mean, you can see from the photo they've got no interest in me whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. And I, but I just, I just, for the, for this particular image, I just really like the, the 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 faces of the two monks there. They've both got really interesting expressions. Hmm. And the, the shorter one looks almost angry. Yeah, there's an intensity to his gaze that isn't mirrored in the other the other That's person. Right. Yeah, there's this sort of wide-eyed, you know, gaze in the other person. But this guy, he's the little the little guy. He's not sure about you. No, one of them might attack me anytime. Uh, next <laughs> five minutes. Guess which one? Um, Photographer attacked in monastery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, it's a great experience in there. Yeah. Really amazing and so, so, so photogenic. Um, you know, all of these dark red robes and, and, and hundreds and hundreds of, of um, novice monks all over the place. So, uh, yeah, it's great and, and, and a really photogenic building as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. You should, Has you photography... Should- I should what? You should go. You should get, I should go? Yeah, get out there. I'm, I'm waiting for you to finish the house, man. Oh, right, yeah, come on over. Then we'll pop over to me and Mark. Do, do you have a camera with you most of the time? No. Only my telephone mm-hmm. has a camera on it. Uh, do I, all the time? No, but I do carry it with me sometimes. I used to carry it a lot more. Uh, now, not so much. Not so much. I mean, for me, if I have a camera with me, I won't be necessarily looking for things to photograph. Uh, But I would like to have a camera with me. And if I happen across something I want to take a picture of or find somebody I want to take a picture of, then I have my camera with me and I can go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I won't necessarily try and force it, if that makes sense. Sure. And I'm not that kind of photographer that will sit somewhere and wait either. 
you have some photographers who go, right, that's my scene, and now I'm going to wait for the perfect moment. Right, wait for some action to take place, sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not that kind of photographer either. I don't have patience for it. So I'll I'll wander around and come across someone and, and shoot them. Do you know when you when you've got it when you're shooting it, or do you have to get back to the studio and look? Are are there where do you typically fall uh, when I shoot it? I know generally, mm-hmm. I know, and I, I normally keep going until I've got it. Although most people who see me shoot know that I'm pretty quick. I'm, I do shoot quite quick in terms of like kind of know what I want and I get it pretty quick and then move on. Um, but if I haven't got it, I'll keep going. I keep going and keep going until we get it. 16 hours later. <laughs> 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you just smile again? Hang on. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's always been that way since you started shooting, that there, there's, there's this internal vision that you've had kind of since the beginning. Yes, I think so. And, but I think it has wavered as I've kind of tried to make my way and, you know, in some ways make my work more commercial, more editorial, try and make it a bit more fashion-y or whatever. So in that sense, it's kind of wavered. But the core of it is the same. And I think I'm now going back to just wanting to shoot where possible just really nice, good, strong stuff. Mm-hmm. If, if I, I don't know. I mean, it, if I really could, I would just, I would love to shoot images that, you know, in a hundred years time or two years, two hundred years time, people actually go back to it and go, oh, you know, what? this guy was all right. Which sounds really poncy, I know, but I think if you don't aim high, you're you're not even going to come close. Sure. You know, so I I try and I try and set some lofty goals for myself <laughs> and see if we get, and, and then hopefully it'll push me to, to, to sort of try and do some better work. You know, have you, have you reached any of those with, with, is there anything in your portfolio now where you go, yep, that's, that's my benchmark. That's, I need to do more of that. Uh, or are you still, are you still searching? I think I'm still searching or, I mean, I do have some images that I'm, I think are okay and they stand up and I think will be long-termers, if you like. They're not too fashionable. They're not going to go, they're not going to go out of fashion. I think some photography goes out of fashion. Sure. And, and then it's just gone. Um, yeah. Anything that's a fad. I, I, I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think your photography should be like a black polar neck. And what I mean by that is, Jeffrey, when you were 20 in 1954, you could have worn the <laughs> black polo neck. Thanks. Thanks for that. Okay. And <laughs> you can wear a black polo neck now, and you should be able to wear a black polo neck in 20 years' time. Right. And no one's going to laugh at you in the street and go, what the hell are you wearing? Right. Or a black T-shirt or a blue pair of jeans, these sort of things. Right. And is this the way you try and approach your work? Yeah, I want to make a bunch of black polo necks, <laughs> a bunch of black t-shirts. But but I want to make yeah, I just I, I would like to make work that's going to stand up 
long term. So hopefully not too fashionable, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Although I'm sure some people will be listening to this and looking at my work and going, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> um, Keep trying, hoops. Because <laughs> yeah, you never know, like, oh, sometimes I look at my work and go, oh, I've overdone it, or, oh, it's you're too much, or... So it's a, tr- it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I think I'm probably my own worst critic on my, my work. Hmm. You, you've got a book of one image to present. Yeah. Is, can you choose one image that, that, that describes you or, or defines you as a photographer that you've shot? One photo. One photograph. Defines me. You know what? I think... One photo I really, really, really love, and it's not even that good, maybe, is um, uh, if you go on the personal bit on my website and you scroll along and you see, like, a a kid's face. She's got Down syndrome. Uh-huh. Really fills the frame. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. Maybe that. And I know a lot of people don't like it or even think it's very good or even very interesting, but... It's powerful. Yeah. So maybe that one. Maybe that one. But I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe that one. Yeah, you know, you, you've mentioned the, a few times now where you, there's a core to your work. There's sort of a baseline that you, that you will stray from. Will, you'll experiment away from, but you do come back to center because center works. The, this center, this sort of baseline that you've that you've either had from the beginning or that has evolved over the past six years mm. is that's your strength. Yeah, and and yes, you'll push in one direction or another, but. In the end, it seems that you've got a very strong belief in your aesthetic, and, and that's what you're keeping alive. That's what you're refining. That's what you're honing, if you will. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. But whether it's working or not, I don't know. But I do like to experiment as well. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of like I want to experiment, but I don't want to go and do... You know, I don't want to experiment to the point where it doesn't look like my work. I think I want I want to put 10 of my pictures online in front of someone like you who's seen my work before and you go, I know that I know that guy's work. Yeah. Even though you might not have seen those pictures, you'll go, I bet that's Tom's. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That I'm pretty sure if I showed you 10 pictures from Averdon or Penn or whatever, you'd recognise it as their work, sure. even if you hadn't seen those particular photos before. So I think if you experiment, it's quite difficult to rein yourself in, even though you might have a style. But if you experiment, you're always pushing your style into maybe another realm. So it's a bit tricky. It's a bit of a mm-hmm. dodgy area to get into. But you've got to experiment to keep your work pushing forward. Do you think there's a too many photographers 
try and consciously create a style instead of letting a style emerge from the way they shoot or the, emerge from their body of work? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's got to be just about you, hasn't it? You just got to follow your your passion. And that's why I said try and shoot what you want on your wall, mm-hmm. and and don't try and shoot what other people are shooting, or don't try and do something in that style. Sometimes I've seen, you know, people have gone, "Oh, I'm trying to shoot this in my style or or another photographer's style," and I'm like, "It's okay. It's a, it's okay to." to try that to see what techniques produce that kind of work, but that's not really what you want in your portfolio. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you end up shooting through somebody else's lens. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. And, and at the end of the day, if you're true to your own thing, it's only going to be you. And it, it, photography is infinite. You and I can shoot the same bottle of Coke, but we'll never get the same photo. Right. Even if we light it the same, we'll never get the same photo because we'll have a different angle, different length. Well, you know, so it is, it is infinite. But I, I, yeah, I think there are photographers who, who do trip up a bit. And I think there are photographers who, who flip from, from one style to the next. And that, that doesn't help. What do you mean? Uh, well, Looking for some sort of commercial viability or, or why do you think that is? Sometimes that and sometimes they just go, you know, they're, maybe they look online, I mean, or they look in magazines and they go, oh, that's nice. And then they try and do that and then they go, oh, that's nice. And then they try and do that. And then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you know, like I, did, I don't know who did it, but, but at some point a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago, there were all these portraits which were double exposure with leaves and trees. And uh, Sure. Where it was kind of a silhouette, and then they would fill the silhouette with, yeah. with foliage and branches and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know who did it first, but, but the guy had a nice portfolio of this stuff. And it looked really good. It's great. Lovely portraits. But then there were, I noticed, more people doing it. And then I noticed there were some tutorials online and this is how you do it. And, and my point is, well, okay, try it, but don't put that in your portfolio. And I don't see why you've then now got a project doing the same thing. I don't get it. I, I'm like, what's, what's the point? This guy's just done it. Right. Why on earth are you doing this well? Right, right, right. Is, uh, well, and it, and it creates an inconsistency in your own body of work. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, people, uh, to your point, yes, experiment, but by and large, go ahead. I think if anyone's trying to do that, they're going to kick themselves, kick themselves in the head by doing it. I mean, at the end of the day, client doesn't want it. Mm -hmm. If you're the client, Jeffrey, you come to me and you go, Tom, I want a portrait. But then you come on my website and I've got 20 different styles. That's not right. what you want. You're going to go to right. a person who's got a fairly strong vision of what they want, and you look at their work and you go, right, that's what I'll end up with. Right. Not a whole mixed bag stuff. Yeah. O- odds are you're not going to get hired for the experiment as much as the consistency. Right. Generally. Yeah. 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 And, and clients want to know what they're going to get most of the time, I think. Not, oh, can you do it in that style? Can you do it in this style? Can you do it in that style? It's not the right way to hire a photographer. Right. Although I'm sure it does happen. 
Yeah, but I mean, look, you're being hired for generally again for what you do best in my opinion as the client or in my opinion as the art buyer or whatever i'm i'm seeing this body of work and i'm going to recommend you on that body of work right yeah yeah you would hope so. although you you do get art directors and whatnot who who will just try and force a photographer to shoot it in a style that they like i mean certainly out in i've seen that out here occasionally Maybe in the, they've seen something in GQ in the UK or whatever, and then it's like, oh, we want to shoot something like that. And so the photographer becomes a bit of a chameleon to shoot different styles. And they can do it, but it's not, it's not as good as it could be. It's well, that, that's, as, that was going to be my question. They can do it, but, but can they? It, it, does, it, does it get to that level? No, well, this is the point. It doesn't get to that level. It doesn't get to the level of that guy who shot it in the first place, who's probably all of his work is like that. So if, if, if you're, if you're going to go from one style to the other, is it ever at that top level? No, I don't think so. Right. That's why I think you can't chop and change too much. There's a photo on your site. It's one of my favorite photos that you've, that you've done. Oh, I'm um, going to say it's one of my favorite photos of all time. Ever, by anyone. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did I not say that? I'm sorry. That's what I meant. <laughs> there, there's, there's this photo that's the reason to purchase a camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's much better, no, Jeffrey. I'm warming to you. <laughs> no, it's, it's beautiful. It's, uh, it's this girl. She has a beautifully long neck, uh, hair pulled back. Gorgeous eyes, very chiselled. Oh, okay, right, okay, yeah, the girl with the long neck and a little bit of freckly face. Yes, yeah. yes. Love that photograph. But on my best day, if somebody said, I want you to shoot something like Tom Hoops, right. I couldn't do that. Well, you may- and that seems disingenuous to, it seems disingenuous to a photographer and to photography to say, look, I want you to shoot like Annie Leibovitz. Well, then go hire Annie Leibovitz. Right. But I think sometimes it's availability as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I think there's still for, for some smaller clients. It's for some smaller clients. I think they still think some photographers are a bit like a graphic designer in terms of, oh, we want a website like that. Can you design it like this? Right, and even even graphic designers at a higher level don't do that. They do that stuff in their own style, and that's why you hire them. Sure, but I think for smaller companies, they just you know they look at some creatives and just think creatives can do whatever they want them to do. Right, because they are creative. You're a photographer. You should be able to shoot. Yeah, but portraits, sports, weddings. But at the very highest level, for the very biggest campaigns. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, right, what are we going to do? And who's the best photographer to do this? And then that's when the art buyer goes through their stack of photography links or, or whatever, or cards or whatever, and go, right, Jeffrey's the guy to shoot this because he's the best guy at that. Mm-hmm. You know? Where do you where do you pull from when you're not shooting? Is is there do you let outside influences inspire you 
consciously or is it unconscious and you just do what you do? Mm, I don't know. Um, you know, I try and, uh, I try and limit what I see more so than look for more stuff. How so? How do you mean? I, I think last year or the year before I, I, I made a conscious effort to stop looking at most of the stuff that is online everywhere. Um, just photography or art, anything? No, art is fine, but mainly photography because there is so much of it, but there is a lot of not great stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's healthy to be bombarded by weak photography. So rather than sort of letting that into your filter, you just eliminate it altogether. I try to. It's impossible. Yeah, as much as possible. It's impossible to get rid of yeah. it. But, but yeah, and uh, I do, yeah, I do try and filter that out if I can. Has it helped? I don't know. I think so, yeah. And, uh, and I have, a, you know, I, I have books here and, and, and things like that. So if I'm ever feeling a little bit sad for myself, then I might stick my head into a Helmut Newton book or whatever and sit there for half an hour and have a look and go, oh, that's lovely. And, uh, you know, just just reinvigorate with the world of photography again. I think mm-hmm, there is mm-hmm. just so much online. You know, whenever you're online, you just see, you know, just the same stuff. Right. Yeah, you're just inundated with it. Yeah, and uh, I don't think it's healthy. And I think it is good to have a place where you can go and there is just really inspiring, beautiful photography, and then you can look at that instead. It doesn't obviously doesn't shouldn't be your own stuff, but <laughs> great photography out there, and it can either right. inspire you or just not necessarily inspire you creatively to go and do something similar. We just talked about it. You don't want that, but what you do want is is surround yourself with just really well done stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's- whatever it may be, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you put a you put a mediocre footballer in a great team, he's going to play better football. You put him in a shit team, and they'll start playing shitty football. Right. Well, I said to you, I, it was wasn't until I was thirty something that I picked up a camera. I kind of wish I'd picked it up when I was twenty, but then I might not have been the same kind of photographer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure it would have been fun being like fashion and portrait photographer in London when I was 20. I think I would have had a ball. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. But you don't know if you would have ended up here. That's, and no, that's the big gamble. And, oh, yeah, and that's the thing. I often wonder if I'd taken up photography when I was 20, what my book would look like. Would it mm-hmm. be similar? Would it be different? Would it be full of different kind of images? Would I have been really successful being a 25-year-old fashion photographer in London, earning loads of money, being super happy, and would it have changed the kind of work that I do? I don't know. Or would it have gone the other way? You didn't get the work. You didn't get the clients. You became incredibly frustrated, and you gave it up. Good point. And, and then where would you be? Yeah, really fucking pissed off somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, you would to me. Well, you might. Here we go. We're talking to Tom Hoops. He's an accountant from Tingy. That's right. He used to do a bit of photography years ago. Um, no. Didn't have what it takes, turns out. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I'm not bitter at all. Um, just, Happy in his nine to five. Yeah, no, I like my job. It's great. Um, love, love sandwiches with the crust cut off. Oh, God, yeah. Cup of tea, sandwich. <laughs> Go home at nine o'clock. Fantastic. See the boy. Yeah. <laughs> Go home, yeah. then go back to work. I've got a brown so, Cortina. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Stay tuned. It's going to be a fascinating talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's amazing when you find something and you're passionate about it, and it works, and people appreciate what you do. Has photography made you a better person? Oh, good God! Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Different, it's made me a different person, I think. Um, How so? Well, I think it's just very different, you know. It's, I, mean, I mean, doing what we're doing now. If it, if it hadn't been for photography, we wouldn't be talking. Right. And I wouldn't be talking to plenty of other people, and no one would know who I am. And I mean, obviously a lot of people don't know who I am now, but, I mean, just... Yeah, it's changed. I don't know if it's made me better. I think it's made me more observant. And I think it's made me very keenly observant about people. Mm-hmm. But then I think maybe maybe that was something I had before. Really, really pick up on people's emotions really quickly. And that's going to just about do it for a terrific conversation with Tom Hoops. I'd like to thank Tom for taking the time to sit down with me. Uh, If you'd like to see Tom's work, head over to his website, TomHoops.com. You can also follow him on Instagram and Twitter, at TomHoops on both of those. Uh, I can be found on Twitter, at Jeffrey Sidoris. And if you enjoyed the conversation, please consider subscribing to Process Driven on iTunes or by searching for it in your favorite podcast app. Uh, There are lots more great conversations in the works, and I hope you'll come back for them. Thanks for listening. 